0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 25, and I'm your pal, Val, with um, the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you today, sir? Hey,
1: Val. Doing good.
0: That's great to hear. I'm super excited today. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple different things. We might be all over the the road, but um, talk about maybe... um, I'm getting autographs through the mail and in person and the races at, at Indy, all the other stuff. There was Chronicles, so uh, was on a uh, pinning site for soccer, and we'll talk about that. But first, we have uh, uh, a guest for the show today, Ken. Ken, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I'm thrilled to be on here, man. We've been We've been trying for a while to make this happen. Glad we finally got it. Yeah, we've been, um, I guess, conversing back and forth for years, I guess, through uh, Twitter. You're the Beans Card blog, at Beans Card blog on uh, Twitter. I know uh, you do a little bit of racing as well, and uh, I've been trying to hook you to get into NASCAR again. (laughs) I I tell you, you know, uh, I I really enjoyed this uh, past weekend of the, the dual IndyCar NASCAR thing, since I'm an IndyCar guy, so... Who knows, man? Maybe if we can get some more of that. Yeah, that's that's been um, that was really good. I uh, had been in the to India uh, the Indy 500 one time uh, years ago, and uh, I was glad to see. Actually, I thought the Indy 500 was running um, this uh, last weekend, but um, they had open wheel race as well. But then we had the Xfinity race one day and the Cup race. And then when I watched the Xfinity, they were running the road course, and then the Cup race they're running the regular so that was really cool to see and you know it would be even better if they you know maybe made it a 3-day weekend or something or or like they had done with Xfinity and the open wheel have a, a dual race so that was really awesome yeah i think maybe uh you know covid's changed things i mean i know that you know i'm not the biggest nascar fan you know nascar guy anymore i used to be super into it but yeah, I, you know the way everything's shortening up, and they're running midweek races. You know everything's tightening up for one and two, to, you know one day shows, and you know this probably got made to it to into a two day show where you know on a normal you know in normal times it could have been a three you know a Friday Saturday Sunday event. So again, hopefully uh, hopefully we can see that in the years to come. Yeah, I think NASCAR is doing a really good job with you know, getting a show out there for everybody with no baseball, no football, no basketball, anything like that. NASCAR is one of those things where you can have some of that social distancing. Even with Jimmy Johnson testing positive for COVID and missing the race, you know, he was basically, because they're keeping the drivers and the crews separate, that they were able to pretty much, you know, have a substitute driver, and it didn't really affect the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've done. You know, I mean, you haven't. Other than uh, that situation, I don't recall hearing about any other situation. So, you know, they were the NASCAR was the first group to get back out there, and it seems like they they've done well. And of course, not being a stick and ball contact sport, you know, they're able to actually achieve that, and you know, a little bit easier than some of these other sports, you know, perhaps can do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Not that I wish any ill will on the other sports, you know, because I'm, I'm all for basketball and baseball. But it, to your point, you have that basically, you know, a basketball team, they're going to have to be in a bubble. You're going to have to play another team, they're going to be in a bubble. And, you know, when you mix the two, and it's a contact sport, and I, I'm, I'm hoping they can pull that off some way. So Yeah, but, I mean, it, the like, race. It's a number yeah. of races. In. I saw that uh, I guess today it was announced uh, by the Big Ten that they're not going to play any out-of-conference football this year. So that stuff is starting to roll down. But, again, NASCAR, while they've made adjustments, you know, are still looking like they're going to get pretty much a full slate of races in. So, I mean, what they're doing is working, no doubt. Yeah, and they've been st- stacking them, you know, Wednesday races and Thursday races and uh, Saturday, Sunday yeah, you know, when they started with Darlington, with those back-to-back. So if you're a fan of racing, you, um, you're getting your feel right now. So it's
1: it's been great. I've been
0: enjoying it. Probably uh, almost too much racing, but it's
1: been fun <laughs> to
0: watch. And, of course, you know, I'm clamoring for Chronicles to come out. Uh, Dunrush came out in February, so we haven't had anything. They limited us again this year. I think it was off. Or products. So, you know, we should have already had another, we should have already had another product. Usually, Victory Lane comes out um, at this time already. So, we're getting Chronicles. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Chronicles Soccer was released earlier in the week. I saw that it came on, I saw somebody had a thing on Twitter, and they said it was out And, of course, it was, like, 20 minutes old. I went and looked. It was already sold out at uh, $220 a box.
1: It seems like Chronicles is getting uh, expanded um, because typically it was baseball and basketball. Um, I don't think it was football yet because some of the brands in the baseball and basketball Chronicles had... Standalone releases for football, um, so maybe this year NFL will get Chronicles. But if with them the one with Panini doing soccer Chronicles, NASCAR Chronicles, and then also uh, tomorrow releases the collegiate football Chronicles. It seems like they're expanding Chronicles across the board. Um, but you know we talked about it in uh, last time, and then. We, you know, brought up the price point of $120 for a few hits, um, four hits a box, you know, so it's definitely at that price point where they're trying it out, and it really surprised me that soccer was over 200 and it sold out as fast as it did. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if it's demand, or if it's supply, or both, or if it's just this whole COVID thing where everything's just going a little a little crazy.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm not sure. Oh, sorry, that's what I was going to ask real quick. You know that you guys know that I really NASCAR wise only really collect one thing, and I know you said there's only been one 2020 release. But is NASCAR seeing the spike that you know baseball, basketball, football are seeing, or is it kind of staying more in line like apparently hockey is? Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen August 7th if they have it on the website and how it sells for NASCAR. Uh, what I could tell for soccer was that there's, I think, a hot rookie, Mason Greenwood, I think it, he that's his name. And I also noticed that they have a Dunruss um, uh, brand inside of that Chronicles that looked good, as well as these other ones. So I don't know if everybody's chasing him, but Ken is, I'm really curious to see, what's gonna happen I know that old wax for NASCAR has been increasing or the big three have have increased their prices now the blaster boxes have are in the ten to fifteen dollar range now where before they were sometimes special at five dollars. so but there's so much has dried up 2016 certified hobby boxes have dried up you don't see any 2016 prison boxes anymore uh, 2017 absolute, I think, is at almost like $80 a box, so I'm really curious to see how Chronicles is at that 120 I think that's actually maybe low, if that soccer was 220 so we'll see. Yeah, it just could be a situation where people are buying, you know, it seems like people are buying anything they can get their dang hands on as far as unopened. I mean, I sold some unopened basketball at the Dallas Card Show recently that I, pit- retail, uh, that I picked up and you know I made a, a substantial amount of money on that um, you know I bought the uh, what is it the Bowman Sapphire baseball that came out a couple of weeks ago and I heard somebody say last night the guys on about the cards say that uh, those boxes are going for almost $500 now on the secondary market so as it is you know even guys that aren't interested in NASCAR may be picking it up thinking oh well everything else is going up why not do this And I've seen a spike in silvers on Check of My Cards. So there are definitely some people coming in to the NASCAR market, and I've had a couple of DMs, you know, asking about um, investing, and I try to shy away from that just because, you know, we we never know who's going to go up or or what's going to happen. So, but... You know, I think the NASCAR guys are still cheap. And if you go with, you know, guys like Harvick and, and um, if you're looking for established guys or if you're looking for the cup rookies, you know, they're, they're still priced pretty decent. You always want to, you know, comparison shop that you can. So, but I think there's a lot of folks coming into NASCAR, and I don't know if it's because NASCAR is the only, one, only sport running if it uh, there's no new products in NASCAR, um, or we have other people coming in that because everybody's buying everything up. If you go to Walmart, if it's like mine, uh, I think I have Pokemon, and that's about it. You know, maybe it's you know, and I'll just throw another thing out there. You know, part of you know, yeah, we know COVID's part of the boom and all of that, but. You know, I'm of that age. Jason and I are about the same age, and I think Val, you're just a couple of years older than I am. Where, you know, we're we're established as adults with jobs and you know have some expendable income, and some of those guys that went to NASCAR in the '90s, like I was, uh, you know, mid mid '90s to early 2000s, that maybe got away from it.
1: Maybe it's just what's
0: happening everywhere else. Those guys are coming back. They're getting interested, and they're putting out some money. That's possible too. But it's always fun. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, yeah. I, well, everything is so hot. I was going to say, um, even supplies are hot. I don't know if you guys have seen the prices of supplies lately, but oh, card oh. for one. I when I, I was saying I was at the Dallas card show a few weeks ago, um, and I saw two different dealers that had the twenty five packs of top loaders for ten dollars. Now, holy. Again, I also saw some guys that had them for three dollars. So you know, you take it for what it's worth. But I mean, I you know we we're all on Twitter, um, and I see it on there a lot of you know I can't find them, blah blah blah. You know, anybody out there got any? My local card shop actually still has them. Uh, the, the, 35 po- the 35 points, uh, two for three fit or that, two for good grief, four for ten. But yeah, they're limiting. They're limiting them though. They're only letting you get four. Yeah, I've been paying attention to the card every ones because I do some grading of stuff. But then that's the way I like to store my cards. Um, and so before the COVID, or right when the COVID hit, I picked up a case, and I think it was about one hundred and eighty dollars. So let's just say it was one hundred and eighty. Then the cards and everything, all the supply market got uh, absorbed, and then Cardboard Gold had another case or something. They were saying they were telling you that stuff wasn't coming until the end of June. I think it went to 280, and now they're sold out at 380. Yeah, I, I, I can still find card savers again at my local LCS, but yeah, I mean. You know, probably what it is is, I mean, they're already in demand because of grading. Like you said, you like to store yours, and I actually, how I store my personal cards is in Card Savers. But as the uh, top loader supply has dwindled, you know, people are they're gonna they're gonna take, you know, if they wouldn't normally take them, they're going to take what they can get at this point. Yeah, it's been um, really interesting. I don't think we've ever seen any, anything
1: like this bizarro world it's crazy (laughs) and i i know we could go off on this all day but it's like a a mixture of things that happened all at the same time because we had covid we had pop stars like zion coming out and then i've had numerous people come to me that i you know played softball with or went to high school with or whatever that watched the last dance And they're like, oh, I went back, I got all my cards, now I'm buying this. And I have a friend that two months ago wasn't buying cards, and now he's buying, like, $1,000 trout rookie cards. You know what I mean? Like, there's people coming back that are on full force, looking at it as stocks, and I was not old enough to grasp what happened in the 90s, but... I do have that fear that you know there there is some sort of bubble on something you know not everything per se but something's going to pop and you know hopefully you know we're not all left with all these you know, tops cards or whatever that's you know nothing but yeah you know, and even going back to what Ken said you know ten minutes ago we are of that age where you know, I'm just turned thirty eight. And 90 tops, it's that thing of it's 30 years old and it's like that prime, like I'm going to go back and buy that. You know, people my age, like he said, have that expendable income and stuff that wasn't valuable 10 years ago. Now is that ripe age of, you know, 30 and people want it. So there's just all kinds of things that are combining and mixing and it's like that perfect storm. Agreed.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I don't know if you want to uh, talk about it. We were, um, you know, with indie, it made me think of. Um, there are some indie card sets. I'm not. I know there's some earlier sets uh, that I think the T36 and, uh, and Perkerst and some other ones. I don't. I haven't really collected any of those. I. I really didn't get into any indie until I saw, I was looking through the Beckett, and the 1980 Avalon Hill Sports Illustrated Auto Racing Board Game. I don't know if you're familiar. I think I might have sent you a picture of that one. That has Tim Richmond in it. And what, the Avalon Hill is a board game with some dice and some cards and you know you go around the track and they have Basically, the starting lineup for the Indy 500, and I think they started maybe in 79 and go to the middle uh, in the 80s or whatever. But in the, um, Tim Rich was in the 1980 uh, Indy 500. I think it was Rookie of the Year as well. But that's Pop how blacker. I kind of. Yeah, I think that was, uh, yeah, he, he was going to do it. From what I, if I, what I understand, I think I don't remember if it was something I, I read or something I saw because, I mean, there was that ESPN. I think there was an ESPN documentary on him a few years ago. Yeah, I think he was more interested in open wheel, but I believe, like, one of the races, like, his mom saw a wreck or something and was like, "Ha, ah, we're not funding you for this. So they wanted him to go to stock cars, you know, thinking they were more safe. We can debate that. <laughs> No, we we debate that a hundred ways but obviously the appearance of the cars would confirm what you know she thought so yeah he did run I believe he ran twice in the 500 uh, before he moved over to NASCAR he's a was an interesting guy uh, he has a book uh, had a book written about him I had read that and I think I watched that 30 to 30 and quickly he you know, his I think it was his dad had invented something for um, either excavating or, or uh, pipes or something like that. So, uh, and that pretty much anything Tim got into, uh, he was almost a master of. He learned how to fly and, and cars, and uh, he knew uh, the either the inventor or whoever owned the Uno game. And Uno sponsored him. And you're correct as the story is that, you know, he, there was an accident and basically the his mom said, told his dad that he needed to get out of that car or she was divorcing him. Uh, and so they went to NASCAR, and, and he's also included in the 1983 Uno set um, for NASCAR cars. It's, he's got numerous cars, I think like 7 or 8 in that 30-card set. Him and Buddy Baker uh, ran Uno. But... Um, but yeah, so that Avalon Hill, that um, they're big cards, and uh, I was able to pick some up. So those are pretty sweet, sweet little set. And I think um, they started, I don't know, was it 82 or 83, that, that CDA PPG set? Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I think it was maybe 81 through 83, I believe. I believe there were three sets, and maybe there were more. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I know I have two of them, and we are talking about autographs. And I know there was one gentleman that uh, I sent uh, uh, through the mail autograph request to with two of them. And he's like, "Hey," he wrote me back, and he's like, "I'm also in the. I'm also in a third set. So if you can find that card, <laughs> get back to it, I'll sign it." Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make that happen um, before he passed away. But um, yeah, so I am familiar, definitely familiar with those. I do have a uh, few of those. Guys from those sets signed. Yeah, I only bring it up not to not to uh, put you on the spot for the details of them, but just to let our listeners know that you know there are some sets out there, and if they're not familiar with them, because like I said, I just kind of stumbled on them. And Mario Andretti, he signs through the mail, or he—I uh, have to double check if he if he still does it. But um, he says it's going to take a year. And it, well, I sent some off, and it took about a year for me to get them back, but. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I I love the through the mail to to these guys. And to your point, sometimes I include extra cards and I tell them, "Hey, if you want a card, extra card for yourself, please, you know, take it." And um, uh, Ralph, I think it was Ralph Lagori from um, the Winter Circle. I sent him some, and, and, um, and he kept. Some, he had n- never seen them, so but uh, it's always fun. And then hey, the only I other. Yeah, so I'm getting Mario Andretti back. I'm still waiting. It's been five years. I still haven't gotten mine back. From who? From Mario. I think it's gone. <laughs> <I> oh <don't> no. <know. laughs> it, ha- it it happens. It was a basic card. I've got plenty. I've got plenty of Mario Andretti autographs. So I'm good. Yeah. The, <clears throat> now the only other set that I know of is because of Tony Stewart was a is a, the '97 High Tech set. It comes with a little. Viper or whatever I think it is. Yeah, there was a was it ninety? Uh, I know there was a like five hundred set like ninety five. I don't remember you, but you may know of one I don't because I don't I don't recall one where Tony Stewart was in it. Um, there were also a couple of uh, late eighties sets as well by Whole World. Or I'm sorry, early 90s by like All World. There's like 91, 92, and maybe 93, and then the last um, of a mainstream like normal set. And pretty much all those old ones were issued in fact and like just box set form, like the old you know top traded sets or the the sets you would get at like KB Toys. And then in 2007, Rittenhouse did uh, just did one set and that was the last time that IndyCar has had any, like, officially licensed cards produced. Now, I like that, written house. Of course, I have not uh, purchased any of that. I missed... Somebody had... Was it an archival box. Is that correct?
1: Or is that I'm a sorry, different
0: what, brand? I'm, an archival box where it's got, like, every autograph in it? You know what? Now that you say that, I think that existed. I don't recall. I know that I did see... Uh, like a case of them on one of the the big three probably about four or five years ago, and I almost bought it, and I said, you know what, I'll wait, see if it gets marked down. Well, either got marked down or somebody just snagged it at that price because I missed out. But yeah, I don't think you can find that. Every once in a while you maybe see a box pop up on eBay, but the prices are ridiculous because Danica Patrick has an autograph in there. Yes. That's what we were going to say. Um, the... The other ones that I've seen are, I guess, at the Indy 500 they have a uncut sheet. I think in the program there's a coupon to redeem for an uncut sheet, and um, I think I got—I don't remember her first year if it was—um, so six maybe, five. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was oh uh, five. And I've got one. I actually got her to sign it, which was which was awesome. Oh,
1: that was yeah,
0: that was big. She was at the Hall of Fame and I um brought my daughter with me uh for like a Q and A, so that was really cool. But so there are indie sets and that this is the ninety seven high tech and it's not really a close up of Tony, it's just he's caught him and his car on the track, um, with the Quaker State car with the Gildan car, so mm, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think Menard was on that car too. Very good, yes. Yeah, definitely sounds right. And then we were talking, I know Press Pass, I want to say maybe 2012, did the Legends set, and they had a couple of the IndyCar guys in it. They had the, uh, obviously, if you look at who they are, they were the Penske drivers and the Ganassi drivers, but those were the teams that were also in NASCAR. So you've got Will Power, um, who is still racing. You had Elio Nevis and Juan Montoya. And then on the Ganassi side, you have Franchitti and Dixon in there. Um, but that's been the last thing that, you know, with any IndyCar-related releases that I know of, at least. I'm sure there's, you know, there's always possible there's something else, but not that I'm not sure. Yeah, it's hard. it's hard to keep up. There's not a lot of good information, I think. Um, some of that stuff and that's why I, I started the podcast and uh, the blog for the NASCAR stuff because it, it with press press going out of uh, business or or getting out of the trading card business you know all their information their site was gone and and uh, trading card database has some information on the sets or checklists, but not really product information so and
1: that's
0: why I come to you anytime I have NASCAR card questions. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. And um, I, I was going to say, I know we talked a little bit before we uh, got on there, air, but uh, I did go to an Indy race, and I think we talked about it, it was like 2011. And the reason I had gone and, and Logan, uh, King NASCAR, we met there, and they had a memorabilia show. And, and I was told that Andy, or I had read an article that Andy Granatelli of STP fame Went every year, and he was, you know, they called him Mister Five Hundred. There was a book. Um, he, as an owner, he won the Indy Five Hundred. I it was in '68 with Mario Andretti. <clears throat> and I wanted to talk to him about the 1972 SCP NASCAR set. So, I took a trek out there. We went to the race, and there was a state fairgrounds in Indy, and. Uh, it turns out it was like the second longest running memorabilia card show behind the national, So that intrigued me. But that year was the first year that they also did a show at the track. Andy Granitelli ended up going to the show at the track and not to the fairgrounds. So I was banking on him going to the So, But also Joe Leonard was at the fairgrounds, and he did a signing. Uh, I did a little pit stop on the 1970 Lear drag strips and that's how I got those Joe Leonard's autograph at that show. But it, now, didn't, he run, real, didn't he
1: run
0: NASCAR races as well? Leonard? I have, I have to check. I'm not sure. I, th- I thought he did. I thought I'd heard uh, Donald Davidson. Uh, he's a Indy Speedway historian and he does uh, radio shows during May and stuff and you just call in, you ask him something, and he tells you stories. And I feel like when he talked about Joe Leonard, he said that uh, he did. I know he was a motorcycle racer, too. He was a champion motorcycle racer before he got into four wheels. Well, I know. Sorry, right, off the topic. <laughs> no, no, no. Perfect site to uh, a racing, racing reference, and he ran one up-series race. Yep, I was looking at it on Wikipedia. <laughs> 1969 Medal of Honor Firecracker 400, July 4th, 1969. Finished 31st after starting 12th. Yeah, anyway, crashed, yeah, I, like, I thought I heard him talk about that before, so I assumed that yeah, was well, why you asked autograph was because he had raced uh, because he had raced uh, in a NASCAR race. Well, I didn't know that one, but uh I had the clear drag strips with me, and I'm always you know when when the right opportunity happens you know part of being prepared and I thought that would be um you know pretty cool to get autographed i'm I'm one of these guys where i i think the autograph is a value added to to the card, not that I'm selling it, but if i ever wanted to or whatever and i think you know the the drivers held the card. They've autographed it as opposed to, and especially some of the harder stuff. I, you know, I try to get the '72 SDP set autographed because I figure, well, I can probably find more S T P cards. It'd be harder. It's harder to find autographed S T P cards. So, if that makes sense. Well, and if you decide to sell that, I probably have somewhere between. Uh, Sixty and 75 IndyCar uh, guys that have been in the Indy 500 autograph. So if you ever decide to move that, uh, I'm your Huckleberry. I, I don't have a Joe Leonard autograph. Gotcha. Now, do you do um, – so let's see, the show. Um, so, it was, you know, the 500 was interesting, and um, a real funny story. Me and Logan were walking, and I think it was the day before – and we're going past the pagoda, and we're going down a pit road, and then we make some turns, and all of a sudden, we're on the track, and all the drivers are right there, um, like doing some kind of ceremony or whatever it is, and then it's over, and then they all start coming towards us. Um, you know, I was able to get like Al Unser's autograph, and then I did see Andy Granatelli and. Telly and he motioned, you know, for me to go over there or whatever, uh, you know, over to the side to get an autograph cause, um, and, and talk to him. But it was Al Unser and a couple other drivers. But I was like, well, I'll just see him tomorrow, which turned out never to. Uh, so I missed the opportunity. But it was it was kind of funny. Uh, me and Logan didn't know where we were going and just kind of wound up. Of course, Danica was there too. But um, I don't know if I told this story before, but uh, she just kind of disappeared. And I was talking to some other folks that were getting autographs. and like, oh, yeah what she does is put her hair up under her hat and walks by. You don't even recognize her, you know, head down. So she just, yeah, when they're, at, it, so. when they're at Indy, they're, they're masters. Um, I was in the garage and, uh, Mario Andretti was signing autographs and, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, it's, it's Mario freaking Andretti. Everybody wants this autograph. And, uh, all of a sudden there was just a, a clap of thunder and, boy, did he, he snuck back in there. He tried to sneak back in the garage while everybody looked up. <laughs> they are, uh, just, I mean, you don't think about, now, granted, this is, you know, this is Mario Andretti, this is Danica, but even the guys that, you know, when they come to Texas up here, you know, people don't really know who they are. But, man, when they're at in Indianapolis and it's May, I mean, everybody at the track knows who they are. You know, they can be a little under the radar, Pretty much anywhere else, but yeah, not not at Indy and you know not on the track or in the garage area. Pretty much everybody knows who they are. Yeah, I was working on that '85 uh, Sports Star photographic stickers. That's um, some of the Indy drivers are in there, and uh, so that's I was I was able to knock out the Indy drivers from that set. So uh, you know it was it was pretty cool, but. So do you do a lot of through the mail, or or how do you get your autographs? Well, so a lot of mine, so I'm not even 100% sure you knew this, Val. Obviously, Jason knows, but I lived in Indianapolis for about a decade. I was there, I think, seven or eight years. Um, so I've been to five 500 um, And then around town, you know, they'll do signings, you know, in the, the couple weeks before, Uh they uh, – one year when the, when IZOD was the sponsor, so they did uh, the big signing of the field at uh, one of the – I don't remember what store it was, but it was somebody that carried IZOD apparel. I don't know if it was J.C. Penney or who it was. Um, so I've done that a couple of times, uh, things like that. And then there – you know, the guys that raised uh the Ganassi guys that had the target on the car at the time, so Frank and Dixon would sign at various targets and things like that. And then here now I live in uh, I live in Arlington, Texas, and Texas Motor Speedway is about 45 minutes to an hour. And then they'll do the IndyCar car usually does like about an hour signing at each of the tracks. Uh, so you got to go and you got to wait. You got to be there like an hour an hour early. Um, but they'll do signings, so able to, to get a few of them that way. And then I have a few of the, uh, the older gentlemen I have gotten through the mail, um, Paul Goldsmith. Um, he's the uh, oldest living Indy 500 driver. He's 90, 93, I believe. Uh, and last I noticed him a couple of years ago still flies airplanes. I uh, got him through the mail, and he sent me, like, in addition to, like, the seven cards I sent him, because he actually was born in West Virginia where I grew up, uh, he sent me back, like, seven additional photographs, autographs, so, yeah, I got, like, 15 autographs or something from him, uh, Johnny Rutherford, um, you know, guys like that I've gotten through the mail, I've you know, some haven't been successful, but... Most of mine have been in person um, and then a few through the mail. I, I mentioned the one, Bill also, he had signed those two for me and sent me that note and said, hey, I've got a third one. If you want it, to find it and send it to me, I'll sign it. And unfortunately, it was just a matter of weeks after I got that autograph request back. He was out um, working on his property on a bulldozer and it turned over on him and he lost his life. Um yeah, very, very, very sad. Um, you know, with the, the older drivers, what it comes down to is uh, a lot of them, because I'm the guys that, you know, care about the guys that ran the Indy 500, they kind of just go into, I want to say they go into hiding, but they're just not that easy to find, is where I have gotten through the mail of a lot of the, the older NASCAR drivers, and I say older, meaning retired. I've gotten Mark Martin through the mail, Bill Elliott, Dale, Dale Jarrett, Ned Jarrett, Uh, You know, obviously, pretty much anybody that does CTMs has gotten Richard Petty. You know, a lot of those guys, they seem to be a little bit easier to find. Um, So I've definitely had more success actually finding, you know, the NASCAR guys that, you know, were driving when I was growing up. Yeah, if you're a NASCAR fan and you have not sent a card to Richard Petty, you are doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely, Um, and I mean I have a lot more I want to send to them, but there's just that whole thing of, you know, granted it hasn't been in about five years, so I probably am okay to send another one, but there's that whole thing of not wanting to be greedy because I'm not trying to sell them, but, you know, just trying to draw that fine line of I really do appreciate them and, you know, we'll preserve them for future generations because Richard Petty will always be Richard Petty. Yeah, so if you send anything more than two, you will get them back. I had sent three because I usually, like I said, I said, oh, "Please, you know, keep one for yourself," kind of a thing. And they either didn't read it or whatever. Um, so I got the two back and a little piece of paper that says, "You know, only allowed two a year." So if you're not sending them in, because he has one of the greatest autographs you'll ever see, and you know, it's only a price of a stamp, so uh, you can look. It's a uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, and there's an autograph request section and you just follow that yeah I uh, there was a uh, I don't remember what the set was it was around 2000 um, it was a, it was an insert set it was a press pass insert set of some sort but they were they kind of looked like the size of like the 1950 Bowman cards or something they're a little smaller uh, yeah so the snapshots do what now uh, snapshots it's, yeah it me sense. Yeah, maybe that's what it was, but I know that uh, I had I was wanting to try to get a lot of those guys to sign those, so those are what I have. And he signed them in, uh, he signed both of them in silver ink, and it's just it's just an absolutely absolutely gorgeous signature, gorgeous card. Everything about it is fantastic. Yeah, he uh, if you've seen him do autograph signing in person, um, it, since I live close to Charlotte. The teams will do a fan day before this all this, and you could go, and uh, I think they limit it to I don't know if it's two hundred folks, whatever. But when you bring your item, he, you know he's got his arsenal of pens. He knows exactly what color when it's when it should be silver, when it should be black, uh, when it should be white. So uh, I, I, me and Logan finished, figured up how many hours uh, he probably has spent signing, and I think it was uh, into the weeks of his last uh, signing stuff. Yeah, those, just some of those gentlemen, again, kind of going back to some of the other names I mentioned, I mean, you know, you know, uh, Richard Petty is on the, the Mount Rushmore, and maybe the Bill Elliott's and the Dale Jarrett and then Ned Jarrett's aren't, but they're, you know, if he's 1A, they're on that 1B level, and they just all seem to be such great ambassadors, and, you know, it might be one of the last generations. I don't know because I'm not into the, the current as much. But man, they really—they know—they know who helped pay the bills. They know who supported them, and they give back. And it's just—it's—it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, there's, um, I think, north of Charlotte uh, around Christmas time. There's a stocks per tots um, charity, and the drivers will volunteer and go there, and to your point, you know, the, the older drivers are there. Some of the younger guys are there as well. Um, uh, down our Jr. is another one who, who will go, depending on his schedule. So they definitely give back and understand. was Also, I think there's been other ones where they've been having charity events for the older drivers who didn't make all this money, like some of okay. the newer guys or whatever, to help. Support them years ago. They they did some of that. So, um and the one other thing on Richard Petty, real quick, is that if you buy anything from his gift shop, he'll sign it for free. So, and then but, that's unlimited. You can, so if, whatever you want to buy from the shop, he'll sign whatever it is. So there's no limit on that. So if you need a tire autograph, or Richard Petty, or a hat, or a shirt, or whatever, I may have to look into that. That's very that's very yeah. cool. That's cool. I did not know but, that. Uh, yeah. But Ned Jarrett and and Dale Waltrip and um, Dale Jarrett they're all they're all great to uh, sign. Yeah, it's one thing would so say the NASCAR older generation, you know the retired guys. Yeah, more than you know, especially it's it's not just that you know when you take some of the other sports you know there are a lot there are plenty of guys that'll sign and probably more than NASCAR just because there have been more baseball players, football players, basketball players. But it's that that upper level of NASCAR guys. It's not just you know, it's not just the guys that didn't win a race. It's the guys that are legends and in the, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And just it's yeah, it's really hard to put into words. It's just it's really awesome, and that's really
1: not a suitable word. So I want to jump in real quick. The question I wanted to ask because Val, you've done this a lot more. I've done it with NASCAR, but it's. Very sporadic, and I know Ken. You've probably done it more than I have with uh, with NASCAR, because I tend to do it with other sports. The one thing that you see with a lot of through the mail requests are it's that debate of real fake. You know, did he or she sign it, or did the secretary sign it? Did the sister, the girlfriend, you know, whatever? I don't really ever hear that with NASCAR. Um, and I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not, but I'm kind of wondering, do you think, say, 99% of all the NASCAR stuff is legitimate? I don't hear that that debate brought up as much as I do with, say, like, baseball, basketball, football. Now, Ken, I don't know if you have anything on this. I feel one. like a
0: couple of maybe the more recent, bigger names have maybe had questionable ones, but I'm also not going to say any names because I'm not sure A, if right. the fact is right, and B, if I even have the right driver. So I don't want to besmirch anybody, but I agree that there's very little I, I haven't really heard that much, maybe just a grumbling here and there. The only one that I would say that I would question is Brad Kieslowski Ooh. because of the 2012 auto pen with press pass, uh, 2012 ignite. Uh, it ignited a firestorm. <laughs> um, he auto penned those for whatever reason, and press pass uh, basically had to rectify the situation. It got him to sign regular versions, and you could trade those in for the legitimate version and ever since then or ever since that point if I remember right Brad did not sign any more press pals. and you'll notice in Panini he only signs with sticker you will not find an on card Brad Kislowski in Panini now he signs great at the track I've always found it interesting, you know, there are guys, um, you know, going over to baseball, there are some guys that won't sign certain cards and things like that. It fascinates me because we never hear the story. Now I'm interested in why Keselowski doesn't want to sign a card. He'll only sign the sticker. That's, that's actually pretty fascinating. I, I would love to hear more about that. And I don't know if it's the time constraint where he can sit down, knock out the stickers, and be done instead of, Uh, A supply comes in, and I probably need to talk to the guys at Panini to see what it is. But um, I think if you search on Google, you can find the press release. I'm going to probably put all that, tie it all together, and and put it on the blog. Um, But I had no issues with him signing at the track, or he does discount tire, I think it's one of his sponsors, and he'll do stuff. Ken, like you were saying, when the race is in Charlotte, he'll be at you know he'll be someplace a discount tire or somewhere he might be up by the track or whatever. But there's no problem with him signing cards there. I think, um, you know, for whatever reason he has he has trouble now. I've had uh, hit and misses with Kyle Busch in person, but then if you pay for his fan club they'll have uh, that fan day they'll invite you to come and he'll sign I think it's two things and it's not an issue now some of the big drivers will not sign through the mail um, just because they get inundated with stuff so um, like Jimmy Johnson probably won't sign and uh, you're trying to think of some of the other ones Uh, like you know when Jeff Gordon was at Hendrick he wouldn't sign Uh, Tony Stewart Tony Stewart wouldn't sign I think Harvick won't sign either through the mail. I have to double check on that. But, uh, but you basically, if you go to the middle tier to the rookies, they all sign through the mail. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I haven't. uh, The I think the only. Yeah, I don't. I you know I had one get returned. I haven't. I've never had anybody not like sign or NASCAR wise that I sent to and didn't. The only signature I don't think I got. Uh, was J.J. Yaley at one point because I was trying to get him because of the Indy 500 connection. But that was where I think he was bouncing around teams, and so I sent it to, you know, some address. I want to say he's from Ohio, if that sounds right. Um, And I sent it to some address that I would found there, and it just got a return to sender. Uh, But I think everything else I've ever sent out. But I'm also a very careful one. I try to research and make sure it's an address that people are getting successes from. Yeah, I um, used Star Tiger before, I believe. I'm too cheap. I haven't signed up for that. Maybe if I get back well, into this, no, it's a great. Well, sign. I think. Nope. I think you can sign up for thirty days free, as well as if you go to, like I was saying, you go to the driver's website. And look either there or at the team site and they'll under contact there's usually a autograph request either they will take it or not Um, like Chase Elliott you probably don't want to send it to Hendrick but I think if you send it to the shop in Dawsonville Georgia he'll sign there I've done that and sometimes if they run Xfinity um, you can send it to the Xfinity team as opposed to the other team if that makes sense, and Man, um, you told uh, you may have just uh, you may need some commission from Panini because that's definitely some motivation to uh, go out and uh, buy a little bit if I can find it. No, and I did not know that you find those on the website. That's great information. What what is that? The oh the addresses? Yeah, I didn't know that they'd be like you know for autograph requests. I never thought about that or did that. I don't know that they do that in IndyCar because well there really aren't any cards to get signed. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, if you um got if you had somebody in particular, I can you know we could do a quick search here and and tell you. But um, like when Chase was coming up, that's what I was doing. I was going to um the he was running for Dale Junior Motorsports, uh, or if I was I think I was going after Ty Dillon to the the to the other shop. So um. There are some ways, you just kind of, you know, think about it, Um, because they all sign. Even I I think I had seen on Twitter where people were starting to get autographs from Dale Earnhardt Jr. They were five years old or more, but they were starting to, like he'd gone through his mail Hmm. and starting to sign. So, you know, it's all, these guys could probably sit and sign for days if they didn't limit it, so.
1: Yeah, just I, I'm
0: learning so much just from being on just from being on the show. I mean, I li- I'm a listener, but I'm learning so much from our conversation. <laughs> well, I, I try to uh, uh, this, like I've been doing this for I don't know the last five, ten years. I really started getting into NASCAR, and you know, since we were getting the Hall of Fame here in Charlotte, uh, not that I did didn't like it before but just kind of honing in and then getting autographs through the mail cuz I really enjoyed. It. i had seen somebody on the PSA message board they're working on a 52 set autograph baseball and I thought that was really cool
1: yeah um, that was way
0: out of my yeah that was way out of my price range so this was this was a while ago this was probably in 08 maybe so it's been Wow it's been 12 years Um so I was going to take it to the other the other thing is well, I can get NASCAR cards they're pretty cheap and send them to the mail if I get them back great if I don't get them back you know not a big deal right it's different than sending a um, $100 rookie card from a, you know one of the pick any baseball rookie right high prospect and, and trying to send it to training camp as opposed to you know I was just uh, a Danny Hamlin rookie you know $5 you know or Probably get it in for a dollar or two, and send it to Joe Gibbs. and He's going to be a future Hall of Famer. You know, if it comes back, awesome. I and mean, if it doesn't come back, that's fine, right? You're, yeah, not much. But if it comes back, that's awesome. You got a rookie, undergraduate rookie of a future Hall of Famer. So, yep, I will be. Uh, yeah, I'll have to be looking at this as I, uh, whenever I finally get back to a Walmart or Target. We don't. Uh, we haven't really been doing that in the past few months. <laughs> and now is a great time if you, like, picked up the Dunmer set. There's some Rage Rookies in there. Derek Krause is one I would be sending, Jesse Little. Uh, Haley Deegan is another. Uh, you thought we'd get through the show without mentioning her name. But, um, but you know, I go after the Rage Rookies, or even if you go back, uh, earlier sets, uh, Christopher Bell, uh, Tyler Reddick, or Cole Custer, you know, these are, cup they're going for Cup Rookie of the Year, those three, and, uh, and John Hunter Nemechek as well, I know he signs through the mail. And you can get their, you know, Rookie's autographs, so, like I said, it's one thing about great thing about collecting, is there's not one way to do it. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of collectors and there is not one collection that is not or not two collections that are exactly the same so yeah there's you know it just is what it is I don't know what to say you can there's no wrong as long as you're having fun with it exactly well I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, any other topics we miss any? I get rambling on. I apologize. <laughs> so do I. I like to hear myself talk, as I say in my YouTube videos. Uh, I'll think I'm going to do like an eight-minute video, and it turns out to be 35 minutes, just because I like to hear my own voice. Uh, no, I was just. I think the only thing we we're going to talk about. I just was. I just wanted to say that you know I really enjoyed the
1: uh, the dual
0: weekend of races this week um i'm an indycar guy it was only indycar's second race of the season um but knowing what was going on i wouldn't have watched the xfinity race otherwise but it you know nbc just went straight from the indycar race into the xfinity race and to be honest to me that xfinity racing i love road racing i've always loved road racing um You know, even back when I was in NASCAR, You know, I was a huge NASCAR fan in the mid to late 90s. Two of my favorite races every year were Watkins Glen and, uh, as it was called, then Sears Point. Um, Just love those races. Um, And, yeah, but I think the... uh, I know it's not really NASCAR's roots, but, you know, maybe if, uh, you know, we can get more of these dual weekends, maybe you could see a little bit more, you know, NASCAR... Racing like that, I know that you know that would probably irritate a lot of the NASCAR fans. But part of kind of what chased me out was losing a lot of the short tracks um, when they decided that they were going to take races from um, who was the one I was thinking of? uh, Is it Rockingham that doesn't have a race anymore? You know, they took they took didn't they They used to have two races? I believe they took one and give it to freaking California and take one and give it to Las Vegas, ba- these cookie-cutter tracks that are all the same, that they're all spread out, and, you know, the North Wilkes Burrows and the Rockinghams, and those, that's good, fun racing, and that's kind of what you get with road racing, a little bit of beating and banging and, you know, not a whole bunch of open air, and that, uh, that Xfinity racing, to me, was the best racing of the weekend. I love IndyCar, but they can't beat like those uh, Xfinity guys were in the last seven laps. That was I was on the edge of my seat of or on the edge of the couch and I just kept my wife's over on the computer just reading and I'm like (laughs) hooting and hollering or whatever you want to say I was I was all into that and part of it was I'm I'm an AJ Allmendinger fan but you know I would love to see those the series you know maybe work together because it could be good for both series you know you you would likely draw more fans because if it's a traditional NASCAR place, you might get some Indy fans, and vice versa. Uh, the tracks, I mean, now they have more track activity, and maybe now they don't have to do two, you know, two events a year. They can get away with one and make the same amount, if not more, money. Uh, one of the the challenges for IndyCar scheduling is an IndyCar fan that listens to podcasts is that there's a lot of race places they just can't race because of Cup, because it takes weeks to turn the track around well if they're both both racing there you know that could help that i mean it seems like it would be good for the tv partners i mean nbc was just able to go straight from indycar straight into uh the xfinity race you know it was all on the same network uh they don't have to send two different teams to you know and you know uh cameramen and stuff like that they don't have to send them to two different tracks across the country they can Send one team in, you know, one team of doing that. Yeah, you still got your announcing teams and stuff. But it just, it seems like there's so much good. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some negative that some people won't like. But I just, I feel like there's so much good. And, you know, it would also help IndyCar maybe get into some more ovals, which is something they want.
1: Because those
0: are what they want more of and have trouble getting. Because NASCAR, and I mean, NASCAR pays the bills. I'm not, I'm not you know, IndyCar fans are not fools. We understand that NASCAR is where the money is, but if now we could race at Kentucky or Richmond or you know wherever, because NASCAR, whether it be Top's, you know, whether it be uh, Xfinity or the, uh, I'm not even sure what the Top Series is called. Refresh my memory. Camping? No, uh, camping world. No, no, I, I just call it the Cup Series because uh, they do not sure. have a title sponsor. Monster, um, its con- contract was over. That's why, probably why, because I remembered Monster, but I couldn't remember what it was. I thought I was having a brain fart. But it just seems like it could be so good for everyone. And for me, one thing that would be fun, we were talking about Joe Leonard. Wouldn't it be cool? Jimmy Johnson has already talked about wanting to run some car races. How cool would yes. it be if you do a dual weekend and an car driver to, could go over and run an Xfinity car on a road course or something and... Vice versa. What if some of these guys that end up in NASCAR that you know did have their roots in the open wheel racing? The only one that could pop into my head, I know he's not got a ride. I understand all that, but like uh, Kyle Larson or something like that could go over and run an IndyCar. car. I know there's been talks about Kyle, rumors about Kyle Busch wanting to run the 500. Well, maybe he could run somewhere else. Uh, you know, Kyle Bus, Kyle, Kyle hasn't. Kurt has run. AJ Allmendinger had run when he was there. I mean, you know, it's more like the good old days when you know the Foyts and the Allisons and the Andretti's. They just they just ran wherever they ran wherever they ran where the money was. They ran the big races. And how much fun could that be for pretty much everyone involved? Yeah, you know, one of the issues I know here in Charlotte when they had uh, IndyCar was the accident. Um, but with no fans in the stands, you know. That's not a problem anymore. Um, Yeah, there are definitely some tracks. uh, Does Cup still run at Las Vegas? They do. I think Las Vegas would be a no-no for IndyCar. I mean, maybe it's been long enough, but after 2011 with losing Dan Weldon there and the speeds, and, uh, you know, they had talked about, a lot of the drivers had talked about being So there's some tracks where it's not going to work. There's no doubt. Let's be honest, even even Indy, although the cup race was, I thought the cup race was pretty exciting. In general, the cup race there has been kind of boring, and then we had Tiregate for, what was that, about 10 years ago. So, you know, it's not going to work everywhere, and I'm not thinking they should be touring together all the time, but hell, if you could do that five or six times a year, it seems like it's a a win for almost everyone involved. I'm sure somebody wouldn't be happy, but Yeah, maybe. Maybe they um, talking perks and sponsors and all of these things that are bringing in the money, fans. It seems to be it seems to be a a winning formula. Yeah, I missed that um, pre race, but the I did catch the Xfinity race, and to your point, it was really uh, good those last laps where they were on every turn, you know, trying to pass and you know Justin Haley and. Noah Grasskin, they're all and AJ Allmendinger are all leading, and then make a mistake in the corner, and then somebody else is, is leading. Those were awesome, and I definitely think there's some opportunities. Hopefully, uh, you know NASCAR, Somebody from NASCAR had seen that, or whatever, that you know some kind of cross pollination where um, you know NASCAR picks up some Indy fans, and and Indy picks up you know some NASCAR fans. So, I think if they did that, just to kind of Change it up. I think some of it has gotten stale. Uh, you know, they're talking about trying to run at Nashville, and they did the roadable in Charlotte, and that was a big success. And then doing this road course at Indy and be able to do both—that's uh, that'd be cool. And then you're talking about like you know they used to do the double where they do the Indy 500 and then fly to Charlotte for the Charlotte race. But if you had the same race at the same track, you know, one earlier and then. Uh, Later in the afternoon, you can do the double right there. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I know that Indy. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I know that NASCAR has gone from 43 to 40. But if you're doing that, is that something where maybe you could expand to 42? Because of those 40, you know, I I don't know the whole cup. You know, how many are locked in? You know, those kind of things. I don't know if they do the lot. You know, how many free? How many extra rides are there? But you know, in IndyCar, it's usually like. 20 cars outside of the 500 and maybe get up to, like, 23. Well, if you can get 23 on a track, you can get 25 on a track if, you know, whoever it is decided they wanted to come over. And, again, that potentially is more eyes, especially as it's bigger names. If it was Nashville, you know, if Joseph Newgarden, who is the, uh, the reigning champion, I believe, I'm having a brain fart now, questioning myself, but if Joseph Newgarden was going to run – you know, the cup race, well, now IndyCar fans are going to be intrigued by that, and again, vice versa. If, uh, you know, you're, whoever you're, I know you're a big Haley Deegan fan, what if she decided to run an IndyCar race? You would tune in, wouldn't you? Definitely. So, again, it's I think it's that whole, what is it, the the rising tide you know, whatever that line is. Yes. Uh-huh. It seems to be that that could be good. I I know there are complications. I know, you know, some people aren't going to like it. I know there are tracks. But I don't think racing is – I think racing has maybe passed a lot of its golden age, so it seems like a little bit of uh, cooperation might be good for everyone involved. Yeah, I think they – you know, we were talking about changing it up a little bit. with Jimmy, when they went to the racing during that time – Jimmy was, Jimmy Johnson was using the simulator that he had that was for uh, IndyCar. And so when he was doing it, he was basically sitting back like they would in IndyCar. So uh, it'd be really cool interesting to see, you know, if, if it, you know, Jimmy Johnson goes to do some of the Indy and then, you know, could do a double kind of a thing. It, there's definitely a possibility. So I'm hoping that they're at least entertaining that. It, it, There's been a lot of changes with NASCAR and like you were saying earlier, I guess in the nineties, uh the tracks you know, the owners of the Rockingham it was easier to buy the track and move the date than it was to try to get NASCAR to remove it from the track and move the date. So, you know, they were moving the Rockingham and some of that stuff and going to, you know, Vegas and um uh, those other tracks that had those larger things and they were trying to get that attendance back in the, in the nineties. I think some of that now is contracting and I've seen like in Charlotte here, there were grandstands at turn two and those are all gone now. They've taken them out. And then I think at Daytona, I don't know if they pulled them out, but when I had gone to Daytona, you couldn't buy even buy seats uh, for the July race on the back grandstand. So it's, it's like, it's, you, like you said, it's contracting, and it's it's what every sports league is going through right now. Um, Everybody is kind of losing attendance because, you know, I tell you what, my, my sofa is really comfortable. the The beverages are a lot cheaper. It's a lot cooler in here. So, you know, there you know the TVs are better than they ever have been. I mean, take 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 your TV now versus your TV in 1995. So you know what else you know, the times are changing for better or worse. They're changing. So how can how can you know how can we have, how can these racing uh, series evolve and what can they do better to, to you know better do that? Because like you said, the tracks are not filling necessarily like they were, and that's from what I understand. Both series, um, and that's like you said, that's why they took them out of the. North Willsboro's and the Rockingham's and stuff like that was, well, let's move them to California. But the racing at those other tracks was just, I mean, that was fun racing. I, I don't i don't find the mile-and-a-half, two-and-a-half-mile tracks that fun, of, you know, outside of a handful of events. Yeah, it's funny but, as they're talking about bringing some of that stuff back. So, I mean, that would be the you hope. probably I mean, Bristol's not even what it was You know, when I was watching in the late 90s with the, uh, you know, the reconfigurations, I I don't find it quite as exciting, but it's a lot more exciting than watching the, uh, you know, the same old, stale, one-and-a-half-mile cookie-cutter track. Yeah, before you couldn't get a ticket to Bristol, and then before all this happened, you know, there the receipts. But um, I I don't know if you had heard, but, you know, NASCAR or the, I guess it's the ISM, the parent or the parallel to NASCAR that they owned a bunch of the tracks and then the Bruton Smith's group owned tracks and those were publicly traded companies now they both go in the private and so now they have to deal with shareholders but they can you know now move the dates around or lose you know lose dates and not have to deal with shareholders um, And I guess where I'm going with this is that you know they're talking about like doing stuff midweek now. These Wednesday races have been a big hit, and just kind of changing it up and it gives them freedom to make some of these changes. Because like Homestead used to be the last race of the year, but this year it is Phoenix, so that's new. And then you know the July 4th race was usually always at Daytona, and you know they they moved to Indy, so. Give to NASCAR. They are trying to inject some new blood into it and, and make some changes, bring some new fans in, or re-energize the sport. And, and this, it seems like a great time to test. If you are having some success with the the midweek races, what if you were able to say move? What is, what's the schedule? About thirty six races. Does that sound about right? Um
1: me one second i'll tell you
0: but it's in that 30 to 35 let's just say what if you were able to do this say next year when everything is quote unquote normal again what if you were able to start doing five six race midweek midweek races a year nascar has almost no off season these guys don't have downtime what if you could shorten that season by a month Give these guys a little yeah. more time. On. Um, you know, and then, of course, you know, you're going again. as we've talked, you know, it, ratings and everything probably aren't as strong as they were, you know, 20, 15 years ago. Well, what if you end it earlier so you're not going against football? Because that's something that the new, in the last handful of years, IndyCar has tried to do is let's try to get our season over. And I'm not saying NASCAR could do this, but let's try to get our season over before football starts. Because we know we're not football, we know what we are, and we have our fan base. But we ain't going to compete with college or NFL football. Yeah, and I think give these guys you know time the the um, you know NASCAR starts in middle of February with Daytona it ends in November with you know Phoenix or Homestead, and there are sixty thirty six races this year. But to your point. Um, You know, that season is long and you have that fatigue. And, I I mean, I see it in baseball and all the other sports when you're running from, you know, April to October and then you have the playoffs and, you know, it's just a grind. Um, And it's not just drivers. It's crew members. It's the guys at the – I mean, I know that the crew members are still going to have to – you know, they work year-round, but, hey, maybe they can get an extra week off out of this four weeks or something like that. Because man, I don't envy what these guys do. I'm sure that most of them love it, but man, it's got to be hard to, you know, to have a life and family and be on the road as much as these guys are on the road. Man, we are really getting off topic now. <laughs> yeah, it definitely takes a, a special person to, because uh, those guys are training all the time and then the traveling as well, and um, it's uh, it's definitely a grind. So, but. Well, I know we've gone a little bit off off topic. Um, yeah, it was good to see the duel, and hopefully they'll do some more of that, and hopefully we'll see some of these smaller tracks, and we'll see what's in store for the future. But, um, you know, all those guys in, in the Xfinity race that you we were watching, the Chase Briscoe and Justin uh, Haley and Noah Graskin and AJ Allmendinger and all those guys, you know, they have cards and you know, Dunruss and other stuff, and I know they all signed through the mail. So uh, there's some opportunities to uh, get some autographs. So. And like I said, I'm excited to maybe, uh, I know I've uh, we were talking about unopened boxes earlier, and I've been looking on eBay over the last couple of weeks uh, for, like, some old, like, 90s boxes. But really, you know, that stuff is dried up, too. But I'd love to, you know, be able to go back, open some of that, and send some of those, because again, just it is what it is. I'm not necessarily into the current product, but man, if things could change, if you could get back a little more to your roots and those short tracks, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna get me back. It's it's not too hard to get me back, um, because I do love racing, you know, at its purest form. But thinking about those guys from the '90s and being able to send those autographs out, those guys that I was watching when I was, uh, you know, in my mid-teens to my early 20s. Um, you know, that could be really fun. I've looked for some boxes, but they're definitely uh, definitely the ones I like are a little bit pricey unfortunately. you know you bring up a great point. You could grab some of the earlier sets and work on just getting them autographed. Um, you know there's a couple of projects that I've been working on or worked on. Now, I cheated some I got an 88 max set pretty much almost all autographed and I didn't just you know jump into it I asked the seller some questions and this was a long time ago but um, asked him some questions and and everything kind of checked out it turns out uh, he was from Alabama and his brother worked for one of the chassis building chassis for the cars and he, him and his um, cousin had gone, or brother had gone to the track and gotten basically the, the set autographed, and all the autographs looked good. Now, some of them weren't autographed, and so I picked up the project and was finishing it. But I guess where I'm going is, you know, you can buy some of these factory sets and send them off because I had gotten a couple of factory sets, and you can send them off and get them signed to Richard Childress and Mark Martin and, you know, if you go after the ADA Max, Dale, Dale Jared and Rusty Wallace, all these guys, their first cards, uh, to get them signed, or the 1990 or the 91 Max, or, you know, you can buy, like I said, the factory sets, they're probably less than $20 ships, uh, even and possibly even cheaper, and it gives you a fun project to find contact information or addresses to send to the mail, and you know, you doesn't you have to, you don't have to spend $500 for a brand new Sapphire box for a bunch of rookies to enjoy it. So there's different levels to enjoyment, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, and again, for me, not really being into the new and not necessarily being into the shiniest, I will say that since I've joined the Nuts group on Facebook, thank you for uh, the invite to that, Val. I truly appreciate that. I've, I've had some fun over the last few weeks, and been drooling over, uh, you know, what the NASCAR co- collectors have available to them, and wishing I had it for IndyCar. But yeah, Panini does a Panini, I think, does a pretty solid job. But I'm not, you know, I'm when I was into it was the '90s, and we didn't have as much of that flashy stuff. So that's what I like, and you know, it still keeps me involved as far as a hobby, and you know, maybe that helps renew my interest in the the modern. You know, modernizing a little bit more and hopefully we see some other changes. But yeah, and you were saying ninety-one max. I will say that's something that's not really hard to find on eBay. That seems to no, be it's the, not. Uh, that seems to be the most junk wax NASCAR product ever. When you're saying that, I remember uh, one of the local card shops. Um, I knew him pretty well, and I remember him at saying that you could buy cases of 91 max and i think max would give you terms too to um, to buy it on credit and they had made so much of it uh so i think there is um a ton of it and there's i think two or three printings of it so uh, it's a sharp yeah. card yeah they're good but um, but unfortunately for me uh the Dale Earnhardt's in there aren't necessarily the most appealing looking cards, so it kind of kind of doesn't really give me the uh, the motivation to uh, pick those up since uh, his aren't necessarily the best looking cards. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the good ones um, and the nice looking ones, but um, yeah, it, there's,
1: an That's there's a paint does a great stuff. job with, with That's the
0: new stuff, stuff. So 88, it's got the white borders. I mean, that's a sharp, yeah. that's a good, clean-looking clean set. I wish I could find those for the same prices as the 91 Mac, but oh well, what are you going to do? Well, you can, um, boxes aren't that bad. If you, uh, there's 44 packs to a box, or if you go after a factory set, probably get, uh, or not even a factory set, an open set, or find one that's in a binder for, you know, $30 or whatever, because um, it'll probably not have to be, you know, Jim, you're not going to send them off to Greg, you're going to send them off to get um, autographed. And and I had done, like I said, I had done that and sent them off to, you know, the Greg Sachs and um, Derek Cope and, you know, it, it's Huff a... Hunt Strickland. Um, H- Hunt Strickland, yeah. Actually, I think Hunt Strickland that's was tough. that be Hunt Strickland's first mention on the show, isn't it? <laughs> it might be. And actually... He was tough to get. I think he was here for Stocks for Tots or something. I finally got him. He was a tough one. And actually, the one that's really tough is Trevor Boys. That name doesn't he, even he, ring a bell. Yeah, he's in Canada, and um, it took me a while to find his address, and his wife was nice enough to give me. I think it was on Facebook and uh, they were traveling, but they weren't coming this uh, this far south racing. So, but um, I almost say he was in Alberta, but this was years ago. But he, he was one of the ones to chase, and quickly told my ones to chase. Uh, I also was working on a 1990. That's the one that's blackboarded front, yellow back. Uh, it was another one of these that I had gotten uh, a project from somebody, but. It was Tony Spanos, and he was in Australia. So uh, it took me a couple of tries to get his autograph, but I was able to achieve it. So Those are definitely a couple that I'm not even sure of, because I probably didn't start. I would have started following NASCAR in 95, the reason being. Um, we had two radio stations that I listened to growing up, um, and they were, you know, like top 40 music. Well, There were two songs out at the same time, and you'll probably get a crack out of it, a kick out of this. There was uh, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees and the Macarena, and I could not stand (laughs) either one of those songs. So when the station would play one, I would flip to the other station, and then when it would play one of the two, I'd flip back. Well, one day I turned over, and one of my stations was country music, and I was like, well, I'm not going to hear it here. I started listening to country music, and they played the NASCAR races every week. They were a part of MRN. So I uh, started listening to MRN and Barney Hall and, uh, you know, really got into NASCAR for about a decade there. Wow. Awesome. Stupid little things, man. They can change your life. Yeah. I was going to say, the um, first time I went to a race, one of the guys here uh, that I worked with, I got an extra ticket for the all-star race. And... Um, that was actually the perfect race for me because it's short and it's at, it was like at dusk. So it's not in the middle mm-hmm. of the day. Um, I think it was in the mid nineties and went to the race and I was like, oh, this was you know, it was pretty cool. You know, so um, that was the, uh, that was, that was that, that was the Bush clash, right? Yeah. Or Winston select. It was the year that Earnhardt had the silver Car.
1: Everybody was losing their
0: mind. I couldn't remember what the Bush Clash was there or if that was the Daytona races or something. I couldn't uh, I think that I was Daytona. I think this was the Winston Select. That sounds right. That sounds right now that you say it. And uh, talking about, like, the ultimate chase, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was running the silver car, silver three, and everybody was losing their mind trying to buy the die cast or what was the die cast at that time there was more plastic um, <laughs> of that in the um merchandise trailer so is that the um, old racing the, champions brand uh maybe I believe so I, I I wasn't you know it was too new for me um yeah, so I, I wasn't
1: I remember correctly yeah
0: but I do remember you know we talk about the chase now and everybody chasing this and chasing that I mean people have been chasing stuff since uh, since the beginning with uh, Collectible, so. Absolutely. So. Well, Ken, right. so I appreciate you, you wanna... joining the show. What was that, sir? I was just saying, we're about 90 minutes in. You want to you wrap it up? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think Jason had to go, So, um, but we both appreciate you being on the show. For Jason, he probably feels left out, but luckily uh, he and I have been for a long, long time. We actually—did uh, you know that he and I grew up like 30 minutes from each other, and like we know each other well in person? No. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, we grew up. Yeah, we grew up, and uh, yeah, we worked for the same company for a long time. But yeah, no, we we know each other well. He came out and did a card show with me uh, when I lived in Indianapolis that's pretty cool. Actually, Jason uh he lived uh, a couple of towns over for a short time. I never knew him at that time, but we were talking about um Charlotte and the Charlotte area. So uh that's interesting that uh he gets around. He does. well, well I get around too. Let's let's be honest. I've been I've uh, lived in, I've lived in five states now and
1: I've lived oh, wow. in uh,
0: four of them in my adult life. So <laughs> but I'm home now. I'm staying in Texas. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. So. But I appreciate you, uh, uh, joining the show and appreciate you listening. And, uh, um, you know, racing NASCAR Indy, um, there's a lot of similarities, you know, with collecting other than that, uh, you guys don't have the annual sets coming out, but, um, maybe some, maybe that'll change. I don't know. It'd be nice if, uh, you know, Panini would do a subset or something. Yeah, like something where even, uh, like I said, maybe, I know it's hard because I actually uh, I actually worked kind of within IndyCar for a couple years. I worked for the company that was the official retailer for two years. So you definitely learn a lot about how, you know, contract, you know, there's just so much behind the scenes in racing that makes things more complicated than they are in the stick and ball sports with, you know, unions and stuff, you yeah. know, in the racing and contract there's there is a lot of there is a lot of things that are different so it's not as easy um so i don't envy panini having to deal with all that nonsense but yeah if they could figure out a way to do just a racing or you know something where they could maybe start getting in those guys and drag guys even if it's only certain drivers it doesn't have to be everybody if it's a kind of a mishmash of guys you know some will want to be in some won't some are some IndyCar teams are super tough to deal with. I won't mention any names. Andretti. Um, so yeah, you know, some people just aren't as easy to get along with. So, but that would be awesome if uh, press or they could do that, like Press Pass was able to at least get those Ganassi and Penske drivers in. Yeah, that, definitely. At least you know we talk about the cross-pollination. That would definitely help uh, as well. So. I would, I would think so, or you get the guys that are, you know, all NASCAR or all IndyCar. Well, hey, trade opportunities, sale opportunities, you know, get a little bit of money back from your box or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, there's taker for everything. I, I wouldn't anticipate it be like a 50-50 split of IndyCar and NASCAR because NASCAR is where the money is. But, yeah, if you could get, like, 15% of your sets, some IndyCar drivers, i I would still buy the product, even knowing that it's only fifteen percent of it that's IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, as a set guy, I'm more of a set guy than a driver guy. You know, I would be selecting that because it's in the set, and then possibly also look at getting some of them autographed as well. So, yeah, if you, uh, you know, you know, I know that there has at least been some rumor about them maybe trying to go back to Charlotte. Well. If they did, I mean, they're they're very accessible. And like I said, they usually do at least a, uh, from what I know, in most tracks, they do like at least an hour autograph signing. Um, sometimes you can't get everybody in an hour. Sometimes they split them into two groups and you have to pick which group. But still, you know, it's an opportunity. You know, we they did that here. And I had my wife go through one line and I went through a different line. So we were able to get almost everybody. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that would be... That's the one thing about getting autographs. You know, I always feel like, okay, I'm not entitled, you know, to get an autograph or get an autograph from everybody when you have something like that situation. I always go and say, you know, I hope to get one, but, you know, it's not the end of the world if I don't. Um, you know, like when they have that where they split them into two, That you know, that's awesome where at least you're getting uh, some. And, and because of the time constraints, you know, the first time you come up to, an autograph signing, you know, there's a lot of logistics to it, and you know, they're they're probably under time constraints and how many people they can get through. And when they, some of the ones that I've been to, you know, that say, okay, no pictures, and you know, limit you to one item so that they can try to uh, get everybody through and get an autograph. So, yeah, and I mean, they try. IndyCar, at least in my experience, has done a good job of. You know they try to sit all the Penske drivers together, that, you know, because there's a lot of team fans. You know, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't feel it may necessarily, from what I know, be as strong as a NASCAR. But you know, a lot of people are just Andretti Autosport fans because of the Andretti name. They're Penske fans. They're Ganassi fans. So they tend to, you know, put those drivers together. So it kind of helps you determine which line you might want to be in. They they will always like tell you this line is going to be these drivers and this line will be these drivers. Pick a winner. <laughs>
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's
0: awesome that that. Be fun. Do that. I would love to come back on. We could talk about, we didn't even talk about, like, who I used to collect when I collected. I was a driver. I mean, I was as close to a super collector as could be. It was pre-Ebay, so it wasn't as easy to find stuff all the time, especially living in West Virginia, but, you know, who I collected then, you know, I collect one particular driver's autographs now, and, you know, we talked about the T36. We briefly mentioned the T36 set, so I'd love to come back on and, Chat more if you'd like to have me back. Oh, yeah. I'd uh, love to. Yeah, we get talking here and uh, get off course. But, yeah, I am um, I have not purchased any of the T36s, but they intrigue me. And, I, you know, there's some different backs and stuff. And I've listened. Uh, you've been on a couple of the shows talking about the T36, as well as the Perkhurst, I think. And I can't remember. Uh, I think there's a, another one. There's a nice 19- But I'm always Stark and Wetzel, and then there are from the sixties, early 60s, There are some different Marhoffer meats, and that was a local uh, like meat deli in Indianapolis, and there are some of those too. But yeah, we could sit down and talk about all these different things, and I would, I would love to talk about it. Yeah, we'd love to, uh, like I said, we'll have to make that happen. love to have you on the show and, and talk about that. That way um, we can share some of that knowledge. And if somebody is interested in that, they can listen to that show and uh, get some education on it so that they can make informed decisions. So that's what, that's what I try to do. So hopefully uh, we've done that today with some of the information about uh, TTM and in-person as well as uh, some of the other things we mentioned. So, but Kim, can, can, where can everybody find you? Uh, you probably find me most active on Twitter. I kind of I took a little bit of a hiatus from my hobby account, uh, but I'm, I feel like I'm back pretty strong. Uh, so if you're on Twitter, Bean's B-card blog, I do love to talk cards. So if you you want to interact, uh, like I said, give me follows. You know, you know, tweet at me and you know, we'll definitely talk. Uh, you and I, you know, we shoot some messages and some tweets back and forth. Uh, the other thing is I do have a YouTube channel and that's beans ball card blog. Uh, that's the name of my website. Well, as well, beansballcardblog.com on Twitter, it's just beans B card blog cause they didn't give me enough characters to, to get it all in there. So, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And, uh, you know, I do a, a kind of a wide range of things and topics, and it's not just racing. It's, uh, you know, pretty much all the sports. Uh, you know, I grew up following up pretty much all the sports, and it's still in me. Well, I know you're an uh, asset to the the hobby with sharing your knowledge, and, and uh, it's awesome to see. Like I said, I, I try to keep, you know, Twitter to some positives and, you know, sharing information um, is a lot more fun that way, I think. so.
1: Absolutely. But, yeah,
0: check out my YouTube channel as well if you're into that. Um, I mentioned that I there is a former driver that I am collecting some autographs of, and uh, I actually have a video that I'll need to make here in the next handful of days that I'll be able to show off, too. I don't even know that I told you about the last one, Val, but I have another one coming. dun. Dun, dun. Awesome. Yes, um, some beauties, and uh, I, I don't think people realize how affordable uh, some of those driver legend autographs are, uh, especially when you compare it to other sports. As well, and then of course we talked about through the mail um, with some uh, nobody charges for for them. So it's uh, amazing when I see the prices for like Tom Brady eight hundred dollars for an autograph. Uh, that's for in-person that, uh, that floors me. But, yes, you have some beautiful autographs. So a little teaser there to check check out Ken's YouTube channel when that will pop. i uh, probably well, have to do it. i got one. It's scheduled to be here Saturday. So maybe I'll get to it Sunday. Um, but, yeah, sometime here probably in the next week I'll have a video on that. Um, but like I said, I do videos on different things because I have a very wide collecting. I wish I could be more focused now. I wish I could be like you and kind of just stick to one you know, one general thing. But unfortunately, I've been going for 33 years since I was seven years old. And, you know, I just, there's too much out there. Ken, I want to tell you that is one of the hardest things to do, even in NASCAR. You know, like sometimes I get pulled maybe to uh, driver's suits or crew chief suits or die casts or cups or you know, whatever there's there is a ton to collect and that you know, that's just a NASCAR and then other stuff. So staying focused. And again, you know, you're it's to be enjoyed. So you um, focus on whatever makes you happy but but it's the journey, right? So but absolutely that's cool. So if they Yeah, so I think if they go out to Twitter and follow you there They'll find out when the video shows up so absolutely I'll share it on there and I share a lot of uh, other YouTube videos uh, when they get them posted so I'm always sharing you know new things uh, if that's something you're into feel free to give me a follow and you'll definitely see we'll uh, definitely see some uh, good channels and some good videos as I share those so. For from Jason and, and myself, thank you so much for being on the show and next time we'll we'll have you on and we'll let Jason do some talking. Yeah, poor guy. He probably felt left out. He's probably uh, gonna be sending us both
1: a both a text.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Val. Right, thanks for uh, all right, thanks for listening everybody. Have a great day.